Welcome back to The Word Encounter, episode 151. We will be concluding our journey through the book of Jeremiah today, so let's pick it up in chapter 50 where we left off yesterday. And the section title here says, Prophecies Against Babylon. Now, we're going to have a lot of prophecies against Babylon here. And it says in verse 1, This is the word the Lord spoke about Babylon, the land of the Chaldeans, through the prophet Jeremiah. And so let's drop down to verse 8 here. And what it says is, um, escape from Babylon. Remember, this is Jeremiah prophesying. Escape from Babylon. Depart from the Chaldeans' land. Be like the rams that led the flock. Uh, be like the rams, excuse me, that lead the flock. Uh, verse 9, for I will soon stir up and bring against Babylon an assembly of great nations from the north country. They will line up in battle formation against her. Uh, from there, she will be captured uh, their arrows will be like skilled warrior. Their arrows will be like a skilled warrior who does not return empty-handed. The Chaldeans will become plunder. All Babylon's plunderers will be fully satisfied. This is the Lord's declaration, and so the Lord is making a declaration through Jeremiah that um, uh, calamity is going to fall upon Babylon, and it's going to come from the north. And so this is the, 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 the Medo-Persian Empire that's going to soon take the place of the Babylonian Empire. And so then we see here in verse 11, it says, Because you rejoice, because you celebrate, you who plundered my inheritance, your mother will be utterly humiliated. And so, speaking met metaphorically, the mother being Babylon is going to be utterly humiliating and destroyed. It says, your mother will be utterly humiliated. She who bore you uh, will be put to shame. But we go back here. It says, because you rejoice, because you celebrate. In other words, because in the execution of the Lord's command, remember, the Lord is the one uh, that commanded Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian king, to come down and essentially discipline his people, Judah. And so, remember, the Lord says, I'm going to call my servant Nebuchadnezzar. So we know that Nebuchadnezzar was in good standing with the Lord. So then why is the Lord going to turn around and destroy Babylon? It says here in verse 11, because you rejoice, because you celebrate. In other words, uh, the Lord did not find it pleasing that the Chaldeans were celebrating the plundering and the destruction of Judah. Yes, he wanted them to do this in order to uh, discipline Judah, but he didn't want them to extract joy from it, you know, and it seems like they also became arrogant uh, in the process and uh, in the process started to negate uh, that they were in fact empowered by God in order to do this. And they started taking on the glory for themselves. Uh, so verse 12 says, your mother will be utterly humiliated. She who bore you will be put to shame. Babylon, uh, Babylon will be put to shame. In verse 13, it says, because of the Lord's wrath, she will not be inhabited. She will become a desolation. Every bit of her, everyone who passes through Babylon will be appalled and scoffed because of all her wounds. And so Babylon, the, the vast empire of Babylon, the, uh, the, the, the country, the nation that conquered all of the kingdoms of the area, the most powerful nation on the face of the earth, the Lord is prophesying through Jeremiah that this is what's going to happen to you. When people pass by you, they're going to be appalled because of all the desolation, all the wounds that have been brought on her. And so we see a, a kingdom that was all powerful and almighty brought down because they defied the Lord. 
And so uh, it doesn't matter how big you are. It doesn't matter how strong you are. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how, matter how mighty you think you are. Get on the wrong side of the Lord and there will be a price to pay. What we don't know is what the timing of that price is, but there will be a price to pay. And so let's keep going. Let's go to verse 23. And we see down at verse 23, what do we find? It says the invasion of Babylon. And so how the hammer of the whole earth is cut down and smashed. <laughs> so Babylon is being called the hammer of the whole earth because the whole, mer the whole earth was at ba Babylon's mercy. And it says now how the hammer of the whole earth is cut down and smashed. What a horror Babylon has become amongst the nations. See, the, the, those that bowed before Babylon, now Babylon is a horror. Because <laughs> look at you. Verse 24, Babylon, I laid a trap for you and you were caught, but you, didn't, but you did not even know it. See, the, the Lord set them up to do something on his behalf and they apparently didn't know it. And so they started doing their own thing and they got caught up. It says, you were found and captured because you pitted yourself against the Lord. So somehow I have to believe that they knew exactly what they were doing at some point in time, and they pitted themselves against the Lord, thinking it was them, it was themselves, who had uh, come about all of the uh, victories, all of the conquering and whatnot, and all of the subjugation that they placed on the nations that they conquered. In verse 26, it says, uh, come, against her from the, um, come against her from the most distant places, open her granaries, pile her up like mounds of grain, and completely destroy her. Leave no survivors. And so uh, this is uh, essentially uh, prophecies to the, um, uh, the Medo-Persian Empire telling them what to do to Babylon, you know, Leave no survivors. The next section says the humiliation of Babylon. In verse 29, it says, Summon the archers to Babylon, all who string the bow. Camp all around her, let none escape. Repay her according to her deeds. Just as, <clears throat> excuse me, just as she has done, do the same to her. In other words, all of the things, all of the raping and pillaging and, and whatnot that uh, Babylon had done uh, to all the nations, the Lord is telling the Medo uh, Persian Empire, do the same to them. For she has acted arrogantly against the Lord, against the Holy One of Israel. And so again, the Babylonians' fault, their problem, their issue, was they uh, acted arrogantly towards the Lord. And so he's bringing judgment against them. We go on to verse 32. It says, the arrogant will stumble and fall with no one to pick him up. I will set fire to his cities and it will consume, <coughs> excuse me, everything around him. See, and so he, he's prophesying in several different ways how you, Babylon, are going to be destroyed. The next section says the desolation of Babylon. In verse 35, it says, a sword is over the Chaldeans. This is the Lord's declaration against those who live in Babylon, against her officials and against her sages. And so it's saying it's against Babylon and all these people in Babylon, you know, her, her high officials, her leadership, her government officials. It says, uh, verse 36, a sword is against the Deviners um, and they will act foolishly. 
A sword is against her heroic warriors, and they will be terrified. A sword is against his horses and chariots, and against all the foreigners among them, and they will be like women. A sword is against her treasuries, and they will be plundered. So the Lord is saying, look, a sword is against all your institutions, basically, and they're all going to fall, every last one of them. They're all going to fall. In the next section, it says, the conquest of Babylon. In verse 41, it says, look, a people comes from the north, a great nation, and many kings will be stirred up uh, from the remote regions of the earth. And so it's prophesying, look, I'm bringing all of these people and all these nations from the north against you, Babylon. Remember, at one time, Babylon was the territory from the north that was going to come down and punish Judah. And so now Babylon is about to get its just desserts from the north in the uh, form of the Medo Persian uh, kings and empire. And then it says, um, in verse 42, it says, They grasp bow and javelin, they are cruel, and they show no mercy. <laughs> Their voice roars like the sea, and they ride on horses lined up like men in battle formation against you, daughter Babylon. So he's telling you, he says, Look, these dudes ain't playing, and they're cruel. They're not going to show any mercy. They're going to execute my vengeance. They're going to do what I told them. To. They're essentially going to do to you what I told you to do to Judah. And so this is what's coming. <clears throat> In verse 44, it says, look, it will be like a lion, a lion coming from the thickets of the Jordan uh, River to the watered grazing land. I will chase Babylon away from her land in a flash. The Lord is essentially saying, this is going to be a quick work. <laughs> you know, they're going to come down, they're going to storm you, they're going to be like stormtroopers, and this is going to be a quick work. Let's go on to chapter 51. It says, God's judgment on Babylon. Verse 1, this is what the Lord says. I'm about to rouse the spirit of a destroyer against Babylon and against the population of Leb Kwame. And so again, this is he's talking about this empire coming from the north. It says in verse two, I will send strangers to Babylon who will scatter her and strip her land bare, for they will come against her from every side in the day of disaster. <laughs> I'm going to send some people that you don't know, and they're going to come against you from all sides there's going to be nowhere for you to escape. <clears throat> Let's drop down to verse uh, 9, and it says, We tried to heal Babylon, but she could not be healed. Abandon her. Let each of us go, his own, uh, let each of us go to his own land, for her judgment extends to the sky and reaches as far as the clouds. So this is a poetic way of saying, look, we tried to fix this evil empire, but it was beyond fixing. So let's abandon this thing and let's scatter and let's go. Now, this could also be uh, read uh, metaphorically with regard to what is to happen to Satan. You tried to heal him, but it couldn't be done. He was determined to come against God. He says, well, let's each, let's each go, let's each run. For the, his judgment extends to the sky. It extends to the heavens. See, his sin extends to the heavens, reaches far into the clouds. So we've got to abandon this ship because it is going down, and there is nothing to save it. We go to verse 24, 
And it says in verse uh, 24, before your very eyes, I will repay Babylon and all the residents of Chaldea for their evil, uh, for all their evil they have done in Zion. See, so now it's being spelled out, you know, <clears throat> before your very eyes. So before the eyes of the uh, Israelis, you know, the Israelites, as you said, before their eyes, he says, the Lord says, I'm going to repay Babylon and all the residents of Chaldea, all the people uh, amongst whom you've been exiled. I'm going to repay them and their people for all the evil they have done to you, for all the evil they have done to Zion. This is the Lord's declaration. Verse 25, it says, look, I am against you. Dev- I am against you, devastating mountain. This is the Lord's declaration. You devastate the whole earth. I will stretch out my hand against you, roll you down from the cliffs and turn you into a charred mountain. Poetic language again, talking to Babylon. See, he's making it very clear to Babylon in these prophecies what's happening to them and why, or what's going to happen to them and why. In verse 26, it says, No one will be able to retrieve a cornerstone or a foundation stone from you because you, be, uh, because you become desolate forever. Because you will become desolate forever. This is the Lord's declaration. And so he uh, says, Not only am I going punish to punish you, this is going to happen permanently. In verse 34, the word says, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon has devoured me. He has crushed me. He has set me aside like an empty dish. He has swallowed me like a sea monster. He filled his belly with my delicacies. He has vomited me out. Who is me? Verse 35, it says, "Let, uh, let the violence done to me and my family be done to Babylon, says the inhabitant of Zion. And so the me are the Israelites. It says, let my, let my blood be on the inhabitants of Chaldea. And so they're essentially uh, praying vengeance on them, on the Babylonians, the Chaldeans, for everything that they have done to them. So what happens? I mean, what's the response here? In verse 36, it says, therefore, this is what the Lord says. I am about to champion your cause. And I will take vengeance on your behalf. They cried out to the Lord and the Lord responded to them. Remember, in prior times when they would cry out to the Lord, the Lord would just tell them how evil and wicked they were, and then he would discipline them. But now it's a different season. You see, there are different there are times and there are seasons. right? And so it behooves us to know which one we're in. (laughs) And so this is a different season. That was then, but this is now. And in the future, what will happen is, as Jeremiah is prophesying, that they will cry out to the Lord. He says, you know, and, and essentially called um, for vengeance and on those who have been punishing them. And the Lord says, yes, I'm about to champion that cause. I will take vengeance on your behalf. He says, I will dry up her sea and make her foundation run dry. Babylon will become a heap of rubble, a jackal's den, a desolation, and an open and an object of scorn without inhabitant. So I'm gonna wipe out this people, I'm gonna wipe out the land. It's gonna be so bad that nobody's gonna live here anymore. And so the Lord definitely was hearing, uh, was hearing their plea. Then we drop down to verse 48, and verse 48 says, Heaven and earth and everything in them will shout for joy over Babylon. Because the destroyers from the north will come against her, this is the Lord's declaration. It says Babylon must fall 
because of the slain of Israel. See, so the Lord is saying, look, you must fall because you, you went beyond uh, what I told you with regard to how to treat my people. You know, because of the slain of Israel, because of my slain children, because you were too zealous in what I asked you to do, because, you know, you, you, you became arrogant, and because you thought you were all that, see, you must fall. Even as the slain of the whole earth fell because of you. And so this is being prophesied. The Lord is prophesying. He said, look, he said, the whole earth has felt your sword. Because of that, because of your arrogance, your haughtiness and everything else, you must fall. In verse 59, the word says, this is what the prophet Jeremiah commanded Sariah, a son of Neriah, the quartermaster. Uh, it, it, I've read somewhere where Barak, the, um, uh, the guy that uh, Jeremiah was dictating to, his prophecies and wrote them down, I read somewhere that uh, Sariah might be his brother. So I don't know. So what happened is um, Jeremiah commanded Sariah when he went to Babylon, uh, when he went, yes, when he went to Babylon with uh, King Zedekiah of Judah in the fourth year of Zedekiah's reign. And so he was going to be exiled with uh, Zedekiah. It says in verse 60, Jeremiah wrote on a scroll about all the disaster that would come to Babylon. All these words were written against Babylon. Verse 61, Jeremiah told Sariah, when you get to Babylon, see that you read all these words aloud. Verse 62, say, uh, Lord, you have threatened to cut off this place, this place being Babylon, so that no one will live in it, people or animals. Indeed, it will remain desolate forever. When you have finished reading this scroll, tie a stone to it and throw it into the middle of the Euphrates River. Then say, in the same way, Babylon will sink and never rise again because of the disaster I am bringing on her. They will grow weary. The words of Jeremiah end here. And so that was Jeremiah's final um, instruction. It wasn't a prophecy. It was an instruction. It was an instruction to Sariah what to do. Write everything down that I've said, all these prophecies that the Lord gave me. Write everything down. So essentially he dictated to Sariah the same way he dictated to Barak. And he says, you're going to be exiled. So when you, get to, uh, when you go to exile, say out loud. And I don't, I don't think that necessarily means in the company of, of people. If you had said that you know, you know, in the company of the Chaldeans and Babylonians, they might have stoned them and killed them. Who knows? But say this out, read this out loud, and then throw it in the river as a prophetic gesture that when the, uh, with the rock, when this thing sinks, the same thing is going to happen to Babylon. And in the final chapter of Jeremiah, chapter 52, uh, it goes over a lot of what was happening at that time. It goes over what happened to Zedekiah, how um, uh, Nebuchadnezzar blinded him, how Nebuchadnezzar killed his sons in his presence. It recaps all of that stuff. And then it goes on to verse 31. And verse 31 is interesting. And so I don't know that anybody can really adequate, adequately explain this, but it says Jehoiachin, uh, pardon. Now, Jehoiachin was uh, Zedekiah's brother. Jehoiachin was the king of Judah before Zedekiah. He was king for three months and 10 days. If you go back to um, 
to Second Chronicles. You can read, you can look it up. He was he was there for three months and ten days, and then uh, Nebuchadnezzar pulled him from uh, Judah and put him in prison in Babylon, and then made Zedekiah the king of Judah. Why he did that, I don't know. And so it says in verse thirty-one, on the twenty-fifth day of the twelfth month of the thirty-seventh year of the exile of Judah's king uh, Jehoiachin. And so he was in jail for 37 years. <laughs> it says King Evil Merodach, <laughs> King Evil Merodach, that's a heck of a name, King Evil Merodach of Babylon, of Babylon, this is Nebuchadnezzar's son, okay? So King Evil Merodach of Babylon, in the first year of his reign, pardoned King Jehoiachin of Judah and released him from prison. Verse 32, it says, he spoke kindly to him and set his throne above the thrones of the kings who were with him in Babylon. And so there were other conquered lands because, again, Babylon was the regional power. And so they conquered a lot of nations. So there were other kings that they brought in that were in exile. And it says that uh, evil Merodach made Jehoiachim essentially above them. He favored them above the other kings. And it says, so Jehoiachin changed his prison clothes and he, <coughs> excuse me, and he dined regularly in the presence of the king of Babylon for the rest of his life. And it also says, as for his allowance, a regular allowance was given to him, was given to Jehoiachin uh, by the king of Babylon, a portion for each day until the day of his death for the rest of his life. So for some reason, Jehoiachin was shown favor by the king of Babylon. You know, some of the commentaries I've read and whatnot, uh, we can interpret this in a few different ways, right? We can interpret this as, um, as a sign to the exiled Judeans that the king or, or their once king was being shown favor. And so therefore they, can look, uh, they could look upon that favorably for their own treatment. You know, they could look on, on him being king as a, as a sign that they were going to be restored as a nation. But the other thing that's important is Jehoiachin was a descendant of David. And so as a descendant of David, remember the Lord had promised David that he would always, <coughs> he would always have somebody in his lineage on the throne. And so maybe this is that, to continue that lineage. I'm not exactly sure, but we know that he was shown favor. And so with that, that is the last thing that ends the book of Jeremiah, interestingly enough. And so uh, we're going to pick it up in the book of Lamentations tomorrow. And, um, and, and, and this book is going to be interesting. They're all interesting. I know I say that a lot, but this, this is going to be interesting. Yeah. Having said that, I cannot forget what I want to make a habit of in going and offering uh, salvation through Jesus. Again, in Romans chapter 10. It says, this message is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. This is the message of faith that we proclaim. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. One believes with the heart, resulting in righteousness, and one confesses with the mouth, resulting in salvation. For Scripture says, Everyone who believes on him will not be put to shame, since there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, because the same Lord of all richly blesses all who call on him, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 
And it's saying this in unambiguous terms. If you believe on the Lord, if you believe that Jesus was sent by God to save man from his sins, if you believe that he is the Son of God, if you believe in him as Lord, a sincere belief, not a phony belief, not just saying empty words from an empty mind, from an empty heart, but if it's a sincere belief emanating from a pure heart, I believe that Jesus is Lord, then the word says unambiguously, you will be saved. With that, we will pick it up in Lamentations tomorrow. Everybody have a blessed day. Bye-bye.